0: Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series with myself, Lisa Farley, coordinator of the talk series and composer, musician, actor, writer, theatre maker, Mr. Raymond Scannell. Full names, full titles, all credit due. Raymond talks with me about his latest collaboration with Philip McMahon, Town is Dead, which is about to play out on the Peacock stage. He talks about the raw material of block texts and the melodies that sweeten the palate, about being at home within disciplines, listening to that instinct, playing by ear, humour with a Dublin musical accent and how before Disco Pigs there was nothing. Live a little and see Town is Dead. It's quite beautiful. Enjoy this podcast. Welcome Raymond Scannell. So you're drunk with the power and you've skipped out rehearsals for Town is Dead by yourself and Philip McMahon. Now, Town is Dead, it's a a play within music. Now, that is a beautiful phrase, but what does that mean? Ah, good question.
1: Uh, (laughs) I think it's just a way of trying to um, kind of explain the form that we're that we're presenting the show in. Now, of course, as as always with these things, you think you're breaking the mold, and we thought we were doing something completely new. But it's 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 been done before in various ways. This is just our take on it. You know, we we found out that it's probably called it's it's restative or something like this, or uh, the Germans call it sprechensang. You know, so okay. so it's um,
0: what does that directly translate as? Is that a spoken song? So okay. so
1: it's. Um, the style has always been, um, when Philly started writing it first, he started sending me monologues. The idea was that it was going to be um, a block of apartments, um, or flats in Dominic Street in town, and um, we would kind of interact between the various rooms, and uh, his idea was to keep on going to try and make it a kind of, um, that it wouldn't be all monologues, but he started as, you know, to get the stories down, he, he wrote a monologue for each character. and. Um, as the time progressed and we were working on it, um I suppose well that was that was the first thing because I was presented with monologues, I started wondering how I was gonna present this musically, you know. And uh in my own work I had kind of had kind of um what would you say, earn earn or earn, earned my whatever by um working on it's kind of soundy monologues. So uh, I had a show called Mimic which was on a piano and it was it was pretty much a monologue to music. And the piano almost acted like a silent film kind of a compliment, you know. Um, It it interacted with the action, it it commented on it musically. And uh, it was just a very satisfying way to work. So I kind of brought that to, those sensibilities to to Philly's monologue. Um, And then as he started progressing, all these other characters and the big idea kind of started falling away. And it 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 was always veering closer to this one character.
0: So I was going to ask you about the genesis of the idea, the seed of the play, and that's obviously, it, it was a series of monologues, so there was multiple characters that got condensed down to one character, um, so, is it, so your involvement in it, is, is it that you're presented with a series of monologues, you're presented with the script and you, you layer the music and songs onto it, or how does that collaboration work, how, does the, how is the work divided? I think it's like
1: I think it's like raw material and you know, raw material you know you, you get um like I got this block text and uh, it doesn't it doesn't have to always turn out this way, but it was so the starting point was Philly, Philly Philly's story and you kind of react to that now um myself and Philly have worked so kind of close through 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 Alice in Wonderland that we've kind of developed a shorthand. And we're also more comfortable with each other that we can kind of interact back and forth. So it's it's a collaboration in that way. It's definitely Philly's baby, but um, as a as a as an artist interacting with it or collaborating, you feel like you have a bit of um, you have a fair bit of input in in how it's being presented or the form that's kind of being explored. Um, that's all a very fancy way of just saying you're also just following your instincts and if if i see a monologue i'm just gonna immediately think um a compliment and music and um so so many words there wasn't really songs or lyrics in it so it was like how how it, it becomes very practical then what's the best way to kind of um, serve this
0: so it's philly's baby and you're providing the lullaby that's <laughs> what comes across there but so so, you read, so you're so you exposed, I suppose, then, to the script, and you're riffing off it. Yeah. So So whose kind of through-line succeeds? I realise that you do have the shorthand between you that you can find, uh, I suppose, a uh, common ground, but it's an interesting way to work that you're reacting to his actions or his yeah, words. Yeah,
1: and, and I think that's that's where the actual... Um, the life of the piece starts to emerge is in that reaction rather than um, a set idea on one side or the other. You know, mm-hmm. um, what's very satisfying about the show is that it, it it's been a very, very kind of bit of a mountain to climb technically in terms of trying to pull up pull off what we're trying to achieve. But the idea always was so so that we could get there so that we could throw it away so that it's
0: um, it's kind of kitchen sink. Um, it's like operatic kitchen sink. You know. You were nice enough to let me sit in through the the stagger through the other day. And uh, having been at the read-through when there weren't as many songs included, if any, just there was a a sense given of it. But sitting through that stagger through, I was really taken aback uh, by how... uh, Emotionally involved, I got in it. I mean, I was looking around the room, and and Brona and Jean, the stage managers. I was just thinking, are they made of stone? I, was, <laughs> I was blinking back tears, and I couldn't gauge whether, whatever was going on with me, and um, it was it was just resonating with me. And
1: I think I think it's I think it's easy to lose sight of that when you're involved in something. You get caught up in the, the nitty gritty and the, the technical points of trying to pull off, um, and and definitely what you were experiencing. I probably would have felt it, when, it, when it's the first time that we kind of come up with these things, you know, and then you go about, how are we going to recreate this, you know. Uh,
0: it was so simple, you know, yeah. you, you, you there's repetition in it, and I'm just thinking, that's really brave of you, It's I, I suppose it's equivalent to like a filmmaker, when they have the bravery, I suppose, to do a really tight close-up or something, and just stay with that character, and I felt that's what it was like watching this
1: yeah, so there's 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 two things, hopefully, you're working from... Um, there, there's this kind of, probably, um, you know, without getting too highfalutin, there's probably this universal consciousness where you're thinking about what people will think of, of the thing or of the work itself. But if you get too caught up in that, then it's not... Um, it's actually secondary to... to You know, you're, you're trying all the time to push that out of the way and, and work on your instincts. So I don't know if that... Um, kind of being brave or taking risks was, was very much on the agenda. No more I mean, no more than um, Philly or myself would would try to do that in our own work either way. Um, but I but think were I you were aware
0: of how concise you were like that I suppose that comes with experience and as you say instinct that you can you can trust that phrase, you know, and it just that that you don't have to go highfalutin or you don't have to embellish. It was just very simple.
1: Yeah, and, and and I think naturalistic is the is the is the key. Um, but by the time it had come to uh, uh, me and Philly agreeing with what what it was going to be, um, that it was going to be set in the flat and that it was uh, kind of present tense and it was all going to happen over an evening, um, then uh, your my job becomes like okay, how can I get out of the way of that um, you know you know again kind of doing the work to get there but always the goal then if, if that's the case if, if it's um, a story that's very uh, kitchen sink and then, then the music needs to serve that and um, I think that that's definitely I think in the workshops what was <laughs> what, what worked best um, always was kind of Listening to that instinct and then just kind of getting it down quickly and then getting out of the way of it and seeing how long it can it can um, survive without you um, chipping away at it, you know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what you he- what you would have heard, melody wise, um, were kind of instinctual reactions to the text or to um, when you get a couple of actors in a in a room and uh, which becomes another thing altogether mm-hmm. then. Um, yeah, you just have to listen to your gut. Uh, it's very hard to explain in words, but uh, be, uh, m- musically. But but it's you just have to really um, get, b- b- kind of get get the thinking out of the way and listen to what's reacting musically in, in, inside you, and just and just react.
0: You talked about mimic, and um, it was a, the success of mimic, and. Uh, that was a one man show and Deep and Breathing Water and I'm conscious that say the work you do as a solo artist seems, I wouldn't say entirely different to what you do as collaborations but there's certainly a darker content to it. Can you talk to me about I suppose the difference between working on your own and the difference between the collaboration?
1: Yeah, Um, I I enjoyed um, with Breathing Water I enjoyed the writing of it and I enjoyed the music but 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 um but that was very much uh it was very much just music for the show it was just incidental music you know it was, um, it hadn't reached that by the time of getting to mimic, it it was it was a whole different thing M- mimic was like, um, a real conversation between those two worlds you know so the mm-hmm. music was as important if not, you know definitely on a par with the text. And and um, the performance was in there somewhere in between the two of them, you know, and um, I think what mimic the the idea was to try and get rid of, if if you're a theater maker or whatever it's it's called now, um, you know if you're if you're if you if you're exploring uh, a few disciplines and and try to put them together, then you're always going to be dogged with. What if I at that point had just picked um, acting? music, uh, or, or, or writing, you know. Um, the way things have gone in the last few years, uh, the writers becoming in danger of becoming extinct. Uh, and um, I, I don't know about that. I I, I I think it might just be another twist of the, of the Rubik's Cube rather than it evolving into something else or whatever, you know. Um, I think Do you I th- think
0: back on that, like, about the choices you made? Because, yeah, it seems that we can't seem to deal with the idea that you wear many hats... You know, you, your job description doesn't fit into just you know a couple of words. Um, do you look back then and and say uh, because you see it seems as if you did book or you were reluctant to get formal training. You made choices back then, but sure you surely don't you don't um, think that you made the wrong choice or?
1: Um, I, I I don't think so now, um, but I, I would have struggled with it for a long time. I think and I think the idea with Mimic was to throw everything at at. Um, a play or, or a show and see if something didn't stick so that, that I could get rid of you know right. Um now it might turn out as I go on that, that one of them starts to take off more than the other and I do have to get rid of them but, but for the time being um, I, I enjoy working in that way and uh, yeah I, I think it's understandable I think I, I do like I am kind of in awe of, of somebody I, I, I kind of do wonder if I'm involved in a play and so, somebody is, a, is, is an actor you know and they're completely committed to their craft um, it, it, it's, it's on me then to kind of spe- spend more um, more of my energies in that particular role whatever it is um, and things have kind of worked out handily enough for me I've got gigs that have suited whatever it is mm-hmm. Um, I've just started working in dance a bit as well, and, and writing music for dance, and it's a whole other language. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh,
1: yeah, so I'm kind of rambling there.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> when you write something like *Mimic*, and it, it was that the first play you actually put pen to paper, and, and like, what were you working out there, or, or had you written something previously? Had you always dabbled as a writer? Yeah, I, I, I've been I've been working in
1: each strand um, as a freelance. Um, artist you know've I've, um for since since leaving college so I've been commissioned to write plays I've been given acting gigs I've, I've been asked to write music for shows so uh, and I wouldn't have been, i won't I wouldn't have been able to survive if I didn't do that in, in the arts it's just the reality of it for me um and uh, and some of some of those gigs if I get a gig to write a um, music for a show it'll it'll finance me to you know take some time on my own stuff and and, and what have you. Um, I I I don't know if it's, if it's as definite as that. That's the form now. I think that um, hopefully, I, I'm you're 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 still kind of looking and and trying to figure another way
0: of working and and what have you and trying to keep it interesting. And the impulse to write, which came first? You know, what what's your background like? It was there uh, other actors or musicians in your family, and because you seem to have so many strings to your bow, like where did that come from? Where did that creative streak or or do you remember that first just moment that you just thought just I'm going to pursue this just I, I think it's just this um, you know it's, it might be it might be ego
1: <laughs> but from a young age it, it was um, just this belief that I could kind of take on these things I, I, I think it was yeah so we always had um, we had a piano in the house growing up we were all I give him piano lessons um, my dad is he's retired now he's an engineer but he, he was always a painter as well so now he's just painting you know in his retirement and he would he'd bring us to like exhibitions in London and I remember seeing Cezanne very young uh, an exhibition and, and um, George Brack and, and I was kind of blown away And but I couldn't um, I couldn't I I think that there's a part of it where you you know you start going through school then as well and there's a bit of an onus on you. I was lucky enough to go to a school that was very strong in in artistic subjects, very good art teacher, very good music teacher, very good English teacher, um, and they consider those subjects you know you know equal to you know some of the higher end schools in Cork. They they just don't do the they just don't do those subjects because they don't see it as a, as a realistic career path, you know. So luckily enough, um, I was kind of surrounded by. During those years, uh, um, a kind of structure that 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 kind of made it okay, that made made those things at least for for those years um, a reality. But I remember my last year there was a, a different art teacher who took over, and he was basically the first thing he said to us was there There is no work in 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 art, so I, I wouldn't take it to whatever you know.
0: So <laughs> so you uh, threw out the art career then? Uh,
1: yeah, but it it, it was more you know you always do i suppose at that age i don't know you're going to gravitate towards what you're what you're better at and i just always had kind of um, i think artistic instincts are an artistic intuition is it is it is a different thing to um to an uh, a cerebral one i, I don't know um, now it, whether that's nature or nurture um, who knows but i always gravitated towards those those things and I didn't know what I wanted to do by the time I got to college. That's why I did an arts degree. I, I passed um, the music exam to get into music, but I had um, the arts and, and the CAO higher. And it was general enough, the arts degree, <laughs> that I didn't have to commit to anything. Um, I was doing English, which I really enjoyed, and, and philosophy, which I didn't enjoy so much. But it was really, it was it was theatre then, um, and the dramat particularly, that sparked something. It was like... It was like the meeting of, of things coming together, and
0: it just felt like being at home in in, in working that way. Um, do you remember the Do you remember the light bulb moment? Like, did you go to see a dramat play, or was it a, a dramat play that you were involved in, or or was it in the back of your mind, having had this background that you had been to theatre and you had, was it percolating there? Or, no,
1: or? I w- I wasn't a big theatre head at all, you know. Um, and I think the thing in Cork at the time was that uh, up to the, up to, up to Disco Pigs, there's kind of <laughs> pre and post Disco Pigs yeah. in Cork, you know, yeah. um, and pre and post Corka Durka, you know, in particular. Uh, yeah, suddenly it became like our age group hitting it at the right times. So there was some really interesting things going on in Cork, just in the general, um, you know, music scene, um and for, for to to be hitting uh to be hitting your late teens early twenties at that time, was was a great place to be. Cork was, um, I'm sure it still is. I just don't live there anymore. But, uh, so all those things were kind of meeting, and and there was an atmosphere in the place, and and the and theatre's answer to that I suppose in Cork was Corkaderca, and um, suddenly it became, theatre was about our age group, about people that we could relate to. It wasn't um, an Oscar Wilde play. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't period piece. It wasn't costume drama. It was two runts on the street, you know. And um, so, yeah. And again, you know, it's so. so it, it felt like all these kind of artistic instincts had, had found a place where they could kind of explore whatever. But but that could it could be just ego as well. I I, I say it again because, you know, it suddenly. Um, this this company starts taking off this play starts taking off this playwright starts taking off these actors start taking off so everyone wants a piece of that you know everyone wants to be the next killian murphy or end Walsh or, um or pat keenan if you're a director uh, suddenly in cork you know so we're mm-hmm. all from the school of 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 Cork-a-Durka, but then trying to do our own thing and
0: but that ego would uh, serve you because it, it's giving you a belief to pursue it and um, mm-hmm do you get the same buzz it's quite a basic question but do you get the same buzz from say composition in comparison to performing on stage as an actor or is there a, 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 the same satisfaction
1: yeah the, the, um, so like we were chatting about there if if somebody is trying to kind of figure out what you do in a conversation mm. and they don't know you. I think it, we're obsessed with that. <laughs> like, aren't we? Just, it, it feels...
0: I kept thinking that this was not going to be the crux of this conversation, and yet, yeah. well, it's because there's so many avenues off you because you yeah. can turn your hand to so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I did really try to veer away from that <laughs> we're talking about it, so... Mm. Um, when someone can't... Um, yeah, yeah, they...
1: they they ask you what what you do and then, and then I say oh I, I do a bit of blah 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 um, and the, the, the next question invariably is which one do you prefer you know which, mm. which one is the one that you like best or whatever it is or, or most at home with and um, believe me I've tried to answer that question for myself mm. and figure that out and um, they're just very different it's like different parts of the brain they're probably coming from the same um instincts again but uh f- for example if I'm writing music for the show here I I, I don't notice the time going. Like it, I can start working on the arrangements or on whatever it is, a chord progression or a melody and it could be three hours later and I haven't noticed the time gone. Um, so maybe that's an indicator that I that music is what I should be doing, you know. Um but then you know, writing a play and and seeing that come to life
0: in in an actor's hands or whatever it is is another type of excitement altogether. Do you work something out differently? I mean, I'm interested in how you work as a as a musician than an actor. Like, I'm I'm interested in your discipline. Do you sit in front of a blank page and you know? Do you sit every day and write? Um,
1: I'm always working. I mean, uh, it's just a reality as well to kind of keep things ticking along to keep the wolf from the door. Um, and I've been lucky enough to get to get a lot of work in the last few years. That's kept that's kept me busy. So I'm always working on something. Um, I would say I'd say that some of them there's a bit of cross pollination. Like you know, you can you can bring your writing skills to acting you know you know actors are authors of of parts you know and they bring I've seen some I've worked with some really instinctual actors though and, and I'm kind of in awe of them because my own type of way of working I'm very um, you know I need to figure out every detail and so I'll bring the writing to the role you know I'll figure out um, a backstory to the character and I'll create things that might bring some kind of naturalism to it I'm try and get that work out of the way before rehearsal so that it's not doesn't get in the way because um, there's some actors I know who kind of rock up <coughs> might not even have read the play, open the page and just react in the moment, mm. and uh, that's amazing like to me. I don't I don't I don't think I'm that p- type of actor, but I'm, um, but I can see how it. I can see the, the benefit of it, you know, because <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah. it. it, it it's such an instinctual thing that, that thinking is really yeah, the you end. You have to get
0: the thinking out of the way. Mm. Do you remember the, the first song that had an impact on you? The first piece of music that uh, maybe changed your viewpoint? Man, it's
1: funny because... Yeah, we've, we've always had a piano. We, we had a piano growing up. And uh, I think it's it's funny now with the play here because there is um, there's parts of some of the theme a a theme in a certain point of the play that feels like um, a TV a a TV theme tune you know Um, from the 90s because it's this it's this nostalgic piece and what have you and um, I think that would have probably been the first foray in like it was like um, hearing um, theme tunes (laughs) uh, like Hill Street Blues and picking it up by ear and playing it on the piano and, and um, there was something kind of that that's been there from day one a, a good ear you know I can hear and and re- and recreate um uh, but then growing up you know when you start trying to fit in with your you know whatever um I think the whole electronica uh, kind of scene that started emerging in in the early nineties was um and that kind of cinematic feel, like like Porter said, would have been a huge mm-hmm. uh, a, a kind of seminal album for around that time. For
0: yeah, for my my uh,
1: gang of <laughs> youths.
0: Being at that read through uh, or the stagger through the other day for town is dead, um, I was very aware of almost um, there. There is a a darker s- subtext to it, and I'm just always aware. I suppose dealing with musical theatre, which I don't think this is, um, there's musical elements in it, but I always feel that you and Philip always have, you, you get the punch in before someone else gets there. I always, because something might cross my mind, and just before it gets twee, you call it. <laughs> Are you aware of that, or am I right in thinking that?
1: I think you're, you're you're spot on. I think that's more Philly than me, to be fair, but I but the music will, will react in that way. Um and I think, I think t- taking taking, uh, you know, because it's from Philly's voice, um, that's very that's very Philly, you know, um, his his humor and he's kind of got this acerbic wish that you know, feeds the dialogue and makes it very snappy, you know, um, and the characters, you know, they're they're very. Philly has a great ear for, he's he's got an O.K.C. ear, like you know, and. Um, so it's like how do you, how do you match that with the music, you know? So once you get it in the room and you start work workshop, workshopping it again, the music can act in that way, you know. Music has a personality, you know. Mm. So uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: the music so, is another another cast member. Yeah, very evidently,
1: yeah. Yeah, and, and, and within this form, um, and taking taking my cue from that type of wit, the music can do that in places as well, you know. And and so it's a conversation then back and forth between what Philly's doing with the text and what the music is doing.
0: Yeah, it feels it. it feels that it is a character that's very conscious of itself. Um, yeah, it's very clever in its... Um, in its uh, honesty, in a way, do you know? Uh, because I'm sure there is a, uh, a snobbery about anything to do with musical theatre. <laughs> and, and that's, I suppose, yeah. what I was trying to get out. Before your work, say on mimic and deep, it, it's it's darker. Uh, so it's hard to reconcile you, Ray, being someone who works in theatre, uh, musical theatre, music.
1: Yeah, I, I I would have thought the same coming into Alison in Funderland. I I I um, I think when you're younger as well, you imagine that there's a kind of hierarchy between the various art forms and. Uh, I mean, I was listening to music, musicals all the time when I was younger. I go to see musicals and and have no hang-ups about it, mm-hmm. but then you get to a certain stage where it's not it's not cool to go to musicals, you know. Um. So through getting the Alison Funderland gig, I started going back to to musicals and and uh, I I think some of the most amazing musicals are really dark, actually, uh, but dark and humorous. You know, and, and I and I think it's I think it's a way of dealing with material that's very. Um, you know like the book of mormon or whatever it mm. is you know uh it, it's a way of um i suppose sweetening the palate you know for stuff that can be quite hard to process you know so um,
0: yeah yourself and and philip and and this is pop baby really have if not created uh you at least redefined what like a Dublin musical is. I don't know whether there was one before, mm. but yeah, you've uh, you've made it okay to like theater with music.
1: I, I think I think it's I think um no matter what this is pop, baby throw their hat to. They're they're going to kind of reinvent the wheel a little bit, you know, while while embracing everything about it. Uh, and I think that that there's no difference there with how they approached a musical, um, and Wayne Wayne of course was very was, was was crucial in that, and the cast that we worked with were were incredible, and brought those sensibilities to it, but D- Dublin humour, um, which Dublin humour and the Dublin accent, which Philly is like smack bang in the middle of, lends itself to. High drama you know and um and and it, it's a musical accent you know so so it's really satisfying to to work with it musically
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's I I'm, I'm, I'm aware of uh, almost the sensitivity of saying the word musical it's not strange that it feels that it's a bad word yeah and yet like it's not if I convince people now to come and see this i'll be careful on how I describe it I,
1: I just got this literally the other day a guy says to me oh I heard about um, your show and your, he, he couldn't say the word you know I heard about your show the <laughs> Abbey, and I was like oh, it's yeah, okay to h- say. how do you mean <laughs> and, and he was like um, uh, he, so he said congratulations but then he goes musicals aren't really my thing so I won't be going but I was like what get, get over yourself Let's you know like um, I just kind of feel sorry for people who have lost the ability to enjoy things for what they are you know without getting hung up on uh, and um, you know that that can happen with, with the Abbey because of what it is it, there's a kind of a stigma around it and, and expectation um, which kind of goes against things sometimes you know um, I think that's what's great about putting this on in the peacock as well because yeah. it's kind of like um, you know it, it, it had been the lifeblood of the place for new plays um, which kind of veered off in the last few years but so, so it's exciting to, to kind of be down there again, and, and it's easier to take risks in that space, you know. So um, it's, it's a good home for us. You
0: know. Yeah, I don't think um, there's much of a risk with this one. It's, it's extraordinary. I, and I shouldn't be surprised, but what Philip and yourself do with this, it's, uh, it's just a fantastic piece of work and uh, continued success with the rehearsal and uh, the upcoming opening night. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks. Sure. Thank you.